When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat with podcast regulars Beren Cross on a scouting mission in Croatia and Jack Ball recovering from a gruelling 15km charity run on Sunday. It's just myself and Chris Errington this week to look back on events at Home Park. Hi, Chris. Hello, Stu. Well done, Jack, on finishing the 15 kilometres. Yeah, I'd love to know his finishing time, though. I know, I know. We're waiting to hear back on that. But apparently they don't do times, is <laughs> what Jack said. So uh, okay, that, he, that's a quote. When he finished it, he's got the badge and the, the, the medal to prove it, hasn't he? he? So, so good on him. Yeah, fair play. He's not in today. I think he's uh, feeling, feeling very sore. <laughs> Um, I say events at Home Park, events throughout the whole city really, Chris, yes. starting if we can go back to last Monday, the parade of course, um, well organised by the club and a great night for everyone really. Yeah, it was a, it was a great occasion, I mean the, the weather was just fantastic, what an evening to do it on, you know, blue skies, warm, sunny, producer John was filming away to his heart's content and it was just a, a great occasion and um, yeah, mentioned Baron in the, the intro, he did a brilliant Facebook live um, from the front of the, the first bus. He did a he did a really good job, and I thought it came across well. And you know, John, you know, you're sort of relatively new to Argyle's world, but I mean, it was a great occasion, wasn't it? Yeah, fantastic. You were really. on the bus, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, no, it was great. It's really well organised. I thought everything was just really well done, really well put together. The players seemed to love it. I think the fans loved it. I think there was a real kind of yeah, that elation and. I think that it, it was just very well put together, and I think having the free buses, we were on the front bus. And I um yeah it was great. Do you know the figures for the, the Facebook Live and yeah, things like was, that? I think it was about, we've had about seventy five thousand people watching it. So. so that just goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know the the pull of that sort of that sort of media, and uh, you know I, I I I took my little lad along and we watched, and then I watched the Facebook Live later on, and it was it was great. It captured and that sort of moment of history has been caught like that it was it was a brilliant yeah. occasion. it was a brilliant occasion yeah must have been great to have been on the actual bus though john and <laughs> yeah no it was a great it was a great day as well and obviously i spoke to you chris after yeah. and you were talking about like make the most of it because mm? it may not be for a while and that's <laughs> true that's true yeah. um but yeah everything went to plan and it was it was just fantastic we managed to get in and before they went onto the balcony as well and it was just really high spirits and i think that was just so nice to be part of that really nice yeah. indeed um, not long after that of course though Chris we had the retainers yes. um, yeah. you know Derek Adams is wasting no time is he really in getting things sorted out so let's go through the list of those that are departing yeah. uh, Ryan Brunt Norris Bolvitis Ryan Donaldson Vincent Durrell David Ijaha Lewis Rooney Jordan Slew Connor Smith and Jimmy Spencer and then there were youngsters Jack Calver Ryan Lane Billy Palfrey and Ben Steer any surprises there for you? Um, I, I suppose People might have been surprised by the number of them. Um, but I suppose when you look at that list that you've just run through, Stu, none of them were playing regular first-team football at the end of the season. Now, a, a lot of them were in the first part of the season. And then when Derek Adams made the changes in January and brought the five players in, some of those ones 
ended up being on the bench rather than being in the starting lineup, and now they're they're on the retain list. There's some there's some decent players there. There's some players there that will definitely find clubs. Will you know the success that they've had at Argyle this season will look good on their CV. You look at somebody like Jordan Slew to pick one name out. You know had a good season for Argyle. Mm. Scored some important goals for them. Played lots of games. You know he's now got on his CV part of a promotion squad. You know I'd fully expect him to find um, find himself another club. Uh, probably at League Two level, but you know he—he, he, he, I, I don't see any reason why he can't do well. If I, if I'd been doing it, I, I think Connor Smith is perhaps the one that I would pick out and say maybe I would have kept versatile midfielder, capable of scoring goals, young, uh, you know, still got potential to to improve as he as he gets older. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, as we've often said on this podcast, Derek Adams is is a winner. He's always looking to improve things. Uh, always looking to, to get better in every way he can. And by making these changes, that does give him the freedom now to to bring in, you know, potentially eight, nine, ten new signings over the summer to build to the base of the squad, which he's kept, which is the team that played for the, the, the second half of the season. You know, uh, the, the one question mark obviously is Graham Carey, but pretty much everyone else that was playing regularly at the end of the season is, is under contract. Yeah, I suppose there may be a bit of a surprise with uh, Vincent Durrell seeing the reserve goalkeeper go. He, mm. It seems he has perhaps made his choice there and, and decided that Vincent isn't the one to have as understudy to Luke. It'll be interesting to see how that works out because Mark McCallum, who's basically been the third choice keeper this, this season, has been offered a, a new contract. Now, whether that's to be the second choice goalkeeper to Luke McCormick next season or whether that is... Um, to be the second or third choice and they'll bring somebody else in to compete with McCormick and McCallum only only time will tell. I suspect that um, Derek Adams quite likes having three goalkeepers if possible so I would suspect that somebody else will come in perhaps um, so you'll have Luke McCormick, Mark McCallum and and another so we'll see how that works out. Yeah I mean I never really saw too much of Vincent Durrell saw him playing the EFL Cup at Reading and the EFL Trophy Ties and a couple of sort of reserve team games. Um, but, you know, Derek Adams, as I always say, sees these, these guys in training day in, day out. And, uh, you know, he's clearly felt that uh, he needs to make a change there. This is all about trying to improve the squad uh, and increase the depth of, of talent for, for going up a level into League One. So, you know, you, you could make cases about quite a few of the players about could they have stayed, should they have stayed. Um, but I'm not totally surprised by their departures. Wish them well. Thank them for their uh, efforts at Argyle this season. Um, but it'll be interesting to see now where uh, Derek Adams turns to replace these people. Yeah, indeed. And I, I just go through the list. Uh, Ryan Brunt stands out. It's mm-hmm. uh, sad to see him go. I guess he's a victim of, of his own misfortune, really, with the awful knee injury that he suffered at Barnet. Yeah, I mean, medical science is brilliant these days. And, and what used to be career-threatening injuries now people can come back from and by the looks of it Ryan's had a good rehab in the United States recently and you know I'm, I'm sure he'll be playing football somewhere next season um, it's difficult for him you know to have been out since what the 1st of March 2016 I mean it's so long ago I'm having to sit and work out what yeah. year it was and you know he's had dreadful luck and I think he's still only 23 coming on to 24 you know and hopefully you know he can get back to playing football and, and see where that takes him yeah, indeed um, 
as you say there, it'd be interesting to see where Derek Adams now mm. looks to in terms of recruitment, because obviously there's mm. going to be a lot of incomings over the summer, or you imagine mm. there will be. Yeah. Uh, one player we do know that's available on a free transfer is Craig Tanner, of course, who spent pretty much the last two years on loan yeah. at Argyle. Do you think that will now be turned into a permanent deal, or do you think he'll be almost like one of those uh, players in the retain list and, and deemed not quite good enough for League One? Yeah, um, Craig Tanner's a funny one, isn't it? Because I know from talking to lots of fans, they, they rate him highly, and I, I rate him highly as well. He, he, the second half of the season that's just finished, he just seemed to fall out of favour a bit with Derek Adams, and he, he was on the bench, and then he had a spell when he wasn't even on the bench. Um, so when you look at it like that, you would suspect that, that Derek Adams isn't going to take his interest in Craig Tanner any further. Um, I suppose if you look at it, you know, brutally, you know, if, if Craig Tanner's not getting on the bench when Argyle are in League Two, you know, is he going to be a factor in League One? And is Derek Adams going to be looking for players that he feels can be a factor in League One? Craig Tanner's one of those, like Jordan Slough, he'll find himself a club, no no doubt about that. He's come from Reading, which, who are a good club, good academy, good technical players come from Reading. He'll find himself a club. Um, I'm, I'm not sure it'll be at Argyle, but wouldn't be at all surprised if... Uh, Argyle and Craig Tanner's uh, paths crossed in the not-too-distant future. Indeed. Um, we do know that Derek was out and about watching games at the, at the, uh, at the weekend, of course, and by mm. all accounts, he was north of the border watching a couple of games mm-hmm. in Scotland. Have you got any sort of vibe as to whereabouts he was? Or? Well, he said he was going to one game in Friday, one in Saturday and one in Sunday, and he was filmed, seen on the TV coverage of the Carlisle Exeter game on Sunday, so um, he was obviously there. Uh, Friday in Scotland there were only two games Aberdeen Celtic and Dundee United were playing Morton I think it was in a in a playoff um, now if he's just gone up to watch a game you know why not go and watch Aberdeen versus Celtic you know his, his dad was a, had a long association with Aberdeen and Derek knows Aberdeen himself very well um, if he was looking for potential players maybe Dundee United is a is an option so uh, and if he went to Dundee United on Friday Dundee the, the team that played just across the street from Dundee United, they were at home on Saturday, so you could have done a, a Dundee United Friday, uh, Dundee yeah. Saturday. But cheap, that's cheap on hotel rooms. But, as but well. that's me just um, <laughs> that's guessing, and he, he could have popped up anywhere, and we might well find out in due course where, where he went. Um, so whether he was actually watching potential new signings, or whether he was just taking in games, probably a little bit of both, I would suspect. I can't imagine Derek's uh, ever goes to a game and he's not thinking about potential signings as they as they pop up so um, yeah it would certainly be worth keeping an eye on those clubs that you mentioned there and just mm. seeing what their re- retained lists are ah, going to be in the, in the coming weeks I absolutely guess. yeah and but you, you would think if, if again if you're looking at league one um you're going to be looking from the players from the scottish premiership or maybe the top championship teams in scotland i.e the second division scotland so um yeah we'll we'll, we'll see i I can't imagine there'd be any players from Celtic coming down, but you, we can live well, in hope. Aberdeen, maybe. Aberdeen, yeah. you, know, you, you never know. I mean, Aberdeen are, are second in the Scottish yeah. Premiership and, and have got sort of European aspirations and things. But, um, but yeah, you never know. Stranger things have happened. And, um, you know, Anthony O'Connor, you know, who was at Argyle not too long ago playing for Aberdeen at the moment. So you, you never know. Yeah, it seems like that's that kind of level, isn't it? You know, the sort of mm. top end, barring mm. Celtic, of course, but mm. just below that. It's almost like a, a kind of League One standard, really. Yeah, and I think if you're a player in Scotland and you look at what Derek Adams has done, one, in making the move himself from Scotland to England, and then you look at what he did with um, Jake Jervis and Graham Carey, who were playing in Scotland, followed him down to England, and, and both have enhanced their reputations, 
both have scored a lot of goals, both have had a lot of success. And, you know, if you're a Scottish player, you think, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind having some of that. You know, if look what happened to Graham Carey and, you know, I, I could do the same. And so, an Argyle I've had, as Argyle fans listening to the podcast will know, I've had a lot of success with bringing players down from Scotland over the yeah. years and, 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 and turning them into to good players for Argyle. So, I'd, I'd be surprised if there wasn't a few signings from Scotland this summer. I mean, it, it seems a natural fit, doesn't it? It's, it's what Derek Adams has done before... Um, it's worked well for Argyle in the past under previous managers, so yeah, I'm sure we'll get to, you know, two or three from north of the border. I would have thought at least. Yeah, and you mentioned that uh, Derek was spotted at the Carlisle Exeter game mm. on the on Sunday night. That one and two cracking games, as you yes. said in, in the playoffs. They were. It's. I know you were switching between the two. I was. I was flicking between the two Blackpool and Luton and Carlisle and Exeter because I thought they were both fascinating, fascinating games and three two to Blackpool. 3-3 Carlisle and Exeter. I mean, it was difficult keeping up with all the goals, but um, I mean, it's so tight to call. I mean, you you, you know, you see League 2 football as well, Stu, and I mean, it's difficult to call those two, the, the second legs. I mean, Blackpool are 3-2 up, um, but Luton on there on a good day can be, you know, Danny Hill, if Danny Hilton's on a good day, he, he could turn around that deficit um, quite quite easily on himself. But I, I thought Blackpool played well, and what I saw, I thought Blackpool had a, put in a really good performance and Carlisle and Exeter, Exeter were, were very unlucky. They were 3-1 up and the TV replay showed that they had a goal disallowed, which would have made it 4-1. The Ridesman flagged for offside. It wasn't offside. If it had been 4-1, that would have been pretty much game over. Exeter were brilliant away from home, as they showed again. Perhaps not so good at home. So will Carlisle go there, coming back from 3-1 down to draw 3-3, thinking that they can can win at St James's Park? I mean, it's it's... I'm glad Argyle are gotten in the playoffs. That's, I suppose that's what I'm saying. I'm glad we're not going through that because no. those are two really tight games that yeah. could go to extra time and even, even penalties. penalties. I mean, yeah, I think right. it, that they are going to be really, really close games. I, I quite fancy Blackpool now, actually. I, before mm. the game, I actually had a bet on Luton. I fancy yeah. Luton to yeah, go and get a result. Yeah, me but, too. Um, fair play to Blackpool. And they've finished the season so strongly as well, haven't they? You know, Since January or even mm. earlier than that, December, I think it was. The one, the, one, really the one thing that struck me about the Blackpool game... And I almost well, said sad, but I, I sort of respect what the Blackpool fans are doing. Is that there was no one no there? No one there. Yeah, I know. And they've done. It's been all season, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, haven't we? About how that the fans are sort of staying away because they don't like the owner there. Now we don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on at Blackpool Football Club, but you know it was a playoff semi-final first leg, a big game, and I, I didn't see what the attendance was in the end, but there was thousands and thousands of empty seats yeah. at Bloomfield Road. I mean. You know, Luton took a good away support, as you'd expect, but it was unusual to sit sit and watch a playoff game and see it almost in an empty ground, whereas the Carlisle-Exeter game, there was obviously, I think, 9,000, something like that, and yeah. Brunton Park was was a lot fuller. So, um, but yeah, I wouldn't want to, you know... You're not going to put your neck on well, the line. Well, you, you, you know what I'm like with predictions. <laughs> if, I'm, if you're going to really force me, I'm gonna, I, I was impressed with Blackpool, so I think Blackpool would do it. And I, I keep going back to the fact that Exeter do have such good attacking players. I thought Joel Grant um, had quite a good game on what I could see because um, uh, Ruben Reid only came on as a sub in that game. So if you're going to push me, which you're going to maybe, maybe <laughs> I could see Blackpool or Exeter, but it, saying that, it'll probably be Carlisle. Car <laughs> no, it could, easily be, <laughs> could be either, couldn't it, really? Um, back to Argyle then, and a uh, lot of speculation going around, which of course we're always going to get at this time of the year. And an interesting one that caught our eye here in the office was uh, Nathan Thomas, the ex-Argyle winger, of course, who didn't really get much of a look in under John Sheridan at Home Park. 
but he's been linked with a three hundred thousand move to either Sheffield United or Middlesbrough. What do you what do you make of that one, Chris? Is he a three hundred thousand pound player? Would you say? Or? Well, if you'd said to me that at um, December January time, yes, yes, because he was flying then. He was scoring goals. He was nominated for Player of the Month. He was nominated for Goal of the Month, and he was doing extremely well. And he got um, I think it was a groin injury that. Uh, Put him out of the team for Hartlepool for a while, and then when he came back from fit to fitness, Carl, uh, Hartlepool were obviously on the slide a bit. And from just reading bits and pieces, he didn't play particularly well during J- Dave Jones's sort of short spell as manager, and um, so he didn't finish the season on a high. But if you looked at him in the first half of the season, you know, three hundred thousand pounds, yeah, I, I, I can see that. Um, some good clubs, Sheffield United and Middlesbrough he's been linked with. Um, Sheffield United are on a, on, a, on a move with Chris Wilder, who's done an extremely good job there. Nathan comes from Middlesbrough, um, so I'd find it hard to believe that he, you know, that must be an attraction to, to play for your hometown club. Um, going back to the North East has done him a lot of good, as you said, at Argyle. He, he plays some games and he got himself on the map a little bit. He and John Sheridan probably weren't a perfect mix um, personality-wise. Um, he ended up moving on, had a little spell in Scotland, a little spell at uh, Mansfield, but it was going back to the northeast, close to home with Hartlepool, that seems to have really sort of gone and going. So, you know, if he's got the choice of Sheffield United and Middlesbrough, that's a pretty good choice for me. One, you know, Sheffield United look as though they're on the up, Middlesbrough his hometown team. Um, yeah, you know, if, if he goes on, good luck to him. Um, and he's definitely got ability and he just needs to knuckle which if he goes to one of those two he's going to have to really knuckle down focus on his football and uh, and see where he can go but he's, he's definitely got ability yeah, yeah it's, that, it's that. interesting because he's still at a young age and as mm. you say I mean Hartlepool's been a bit of a, a basket case this year yes, yes, yeah. so many changes I, mean, yeah. I guess he's not really had any, any stability in his career so far no he's, so. he's had lots of different clubs and he's been lots here there and here. managers as well but it seems to be going back to the northeast and and spending time at Hartlepool and being close to you know family friends what yeah. have you that seems to have sort of settled in down a bit. Both of those clubs are relatively northeast. Aren't they? I know well, Sheffield United is Yorkshire rather than northeast, yeah, but it's in that sort of area. So yeah, I, and three hundred thousand for a team in the championship is is not a huge sum of money. And for somebody that's young, showed the ability he did last season. Yeah, I can see why. And you look at somebody like Barnsley. And look what Barnsley have done. They've yeah. they've sort of done quite nicely by picking up players from League One and League Two that are on the up. You know, kind of Hurrahan going to Barnsley, and then he's gone on to Aston Villa. And yeah. you know, but maybe somebody like Sheffield United, Chris Wilder. He's been in the lower divisions the last couple of years as manager of Northampton and now Sheffield United. He'll have a good grasp of who are the sort of the, mm. the, the really talented players in the lower divisions maybe he's going to try and pick one or two um, here or there and, and, and take them into the championship As Ryan Leonard Plymouth born uh, who's been doing really well at Southend I see he was linked with Sheffield United at one stage so maybe that's a, a policy that Sheffield United yeah. are going to look to, to follow indeed and of course Wilder was at Oxford before that as well so, so he'll, uh, he'll, he'll know all about yeah, the lower league as well indeed um, just before we go on to the Checker Trade Trophy, uh, plans already underway for next season mm. with our goals pre-season schedule. Mm. Um, looks like it's pretty much all but done now. Mm-hmm. How advantageous do you think that would be to Derek Adams and our goal to have those extra couple of weeks now that they didn't have last year because mm. of the playoffs? Well, the playoffs was May the 30th when they lost to Wimbledon at Wembley and, and here we are May the 15th and they've already had a, a week off almost sort of yeah. thing. So um, it's, it certainly gives them a good break um, and it gives Derek Adams a lot more time to to plan for next season so 
you know, if, if you get promoted through the playoffs, it's great. If you don't get promote, promoted through the playoffs, it puts you about three or four weeks behind everyone else. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely advantageous for Argyle not to have the, the playoffs. They, they can already plan for what's happening next season. Uh, pre-season training starts June the 28th. Seems to get earlier and earlier, but it but the, be July the first. Yeah, yeah. But, the, but again, the season starts on Saturday, August the fifth, um, which isn't a million miles away, is it? No. So, um, so I think because the season started so early, you know, obviously the preseason start of that gets shoved back. So June mm. the twenty eighth, you know, you know, if you finish on May the twenty eighth, I think the League Two player final is this year. You know, you've got a month. You know, yeah. it's not long, is it? No, not. You know, um, so so it's, it, it's good preseason schedule, like you say, looks under pretty much set um, I quite like the idea that they're playing um, the first pre-season games on Saturday July the 8th and they're playing Plymouth Parkway I think it's at 1 o'clock double check with uh, on the on the online if I get this one I think it's 1 o'clock at Parkway and then 3.30 at Saltash so you can you can go and see the game at Parkway and then dart across the, 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 the bridge and uh, and see two Argyle games in one day against Parkway and Saltash and uh, I would imagine that Derek Adams will send like half the squad to Partway and half the squad to yeah. to Saltash. But uh, I quite like the idea of that. And you know, the Cardiff City game on a Friday night, Neil Warnock will will bring Cardiff down. A couple of games in Holland we know about now. FC Emmen, who uh, I, I see were ninth in the, or are ninth in the Dutch second division. Um, so that that should be a good competitive game. And um, talk 20. about playing FC Twente. Yeah. Um, that looked like it might be a an eleven. Reserves or whatever, but we'll we'll see near in time. But you know, two two decent games for for Argyle to play while they're out in the Netherlands. Yeah, a nice view, of course, to have that break as well from the playoffs, so you can uh, enjoy your holiday. This well, summer. yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's it's been a hectic. I mean, um, well, David the year before as well. Yeah, of uh, been... I think David Monday did a piece, didn't he, for us on online. Um, it's been a hectic couple of years. You know, even if you go back to the playoffs against Wickham, yeah, it's it's been pretty non-stop for everyone connected with Argyle. You know, players. Fans, journalists, everybody. There's not been a lot of a, a break, you know. After the Wickham playoff games, John Sheridan left, and yeah. so there was all the sort of, you know, who's going to be the new manager, and it was Derek Adams, and sort of fairly late June, and then straight into pre-season, and then we had last season, and that went all the way to the end of May, and then this season we've had a promotion push in Liverpool, and you know, it's one of the things I keep telling, you know, Baron, you know, who's a relative newcomer on the, the sports desk. And all he's known is all this yeah. going on. It's and, not um, like it every season. It's, it's not <laughs> always like it. And, and there is going to be a little bit of a lull. People are going to go away on holiday and have their breaks. But, you know, I think, you know, we're going to carry on doing the podcast each, each week um, because there's lots of people we can talk to, lots of issues we can talk about. Mm. And um, it, it's, it might not seem at this precise moment, but the start of pre-season training will come around pretty soon and then there'll be all sorts of Bits, bits and yeah. pieces to talk about. There's going to be plenty of signings. There might be one or two departures, you know. So it will be. It will still be plenty of uh, talking points, I'm sure, going forward. Yeah, indeed. Finally, then uh, the Czech Trade Trophy. Uh, it's mm. going to continue as it is, basically. Mm. Argyle voted against keeping the current format, mm. voting instead to revert back to the knockout format that it was for uh, for just League mm. One and Two clubs, which I think every fan wanted. But I guess money talks, doesn't it, Chris? And this is just. Uh, a, the Premier League again forcing the, the issue and saying if you don't sign up to it we won't give you your money well they've, they've offered a bit more money I think the prize fund in total is £3 million which you know the, the Premier League contribution you know will be a, a drop in the ocean compared to all the money that they they make I, I, I do 
find it amazing that 32 League One and League Two teams voted for the format to stay. I just, I can't, I just can't believe that they've they've done that. And you can only assume that the money is a pretty large part of the reason. This season or the next season, the season coming up now, um, each club is going to get a twenty thousand pounds participation fee. So even if you don't, if you lose all three of your group games, you're still going to get twenty grand. Um, which is which is a drop in the ocean, but you know some clubs are, and then you get ten thousand pounds if you win a group game and and so on and so on. But it, it, it's small change for the Premier League teams. And um, the the thing is, I've I've I don't like the format. I don't like the idea of under twenty three teams playing. Um, what does concern me? And we got an email from the EF, EFL saying, you know, this is the decision, and they put in the email, you know, important note. This this is no way in no way does this mean that there's going to be B teams in the EFL in the future. This is not what that's about. This is about the EFL trophy. But if 32 EFL League One and League Two clubs are prepared to agree to a format which clearly the fans, their fans, don't want, if they're still prepared to vote for that for the sake of a 20 grand here, 40 grand, 50 grand, you know, relative small change. What's, who's to say in two years' time the Premier League don't say we'll give each League One and League Two team a million pound? Yeah. But we want our team, our B teams in the EFL. Now, if they're happy to accept a format which no one likes, really, and the fans don't want, and they're prepared to do that for 20, 30, 40 grand, you can't tell me that the no. Premier League well, couldn't offer them half a million a club, a million pound a club. It's 48 million, you know, that's, that's a drop in the ocean to the Premier League with all the yeah. money they get. If they said, look, there's a million pound for each of you League One and League Two teams, but we want our B teams in there. You can't tell me that those clubs are going to turn that down. No, so I, I would point. be seriously worried now. Now this precedent's been set and the door's open, I would be worried that within two, three, four years, we will have Premier League B teams playing in the EFL on. I don't know what you think, Stu, but I don't. I don't think I don't agree with that. No, at all. I'm I'm very much like you. I'm pretty old school when it comes to the sort of league structure and, mm. and the structure of the cup competitions as well. It, it, to me, it just smacks of money, you know. And mm. as you say, if clubs are prepared to accept a twenty grand payoff now, what are they going to be like if they get offered mm. a, a bigger carrot under their noses? You they're going to vote for it. Exactly. They'll say it's, to their fans, "Look, we know you don't want it, but the the financial reality of the world is we have to accept yeah, it." Yeah, and we should we should actually save. Fair play to Argyle for, for standing up to it and, and yeah. voting what the fans wanted, you know, because uh, as you say, 31 clubs haven't. Yeah, I, I, I do genuinely find that surprising because yeah. the gates were so bad. They've, they've tweaked the rules a bit. Um, so you, Argyle and, and, and League One and League Two teams will be able to play slightly fewer regular players. But all that's going to lead to is Argyle reserves playing against a Premier League B team's reserves. Mm. What? Really, what is the point? Yeah, and and there's all this talk about oh, it's to develop players, you know, for, for the benefit of England. But is it really going to benefit somebody from, you know, a Premier League team playing against Argyle reserves in front of, you know, one man and his one dog. man and his dog? It, I, I, I don't see it. But no, I totally we, agree we've talked it. about the Checker Trade Trophy before, and uh, the fans have, have been pretty clear. I mean, from yeah. all the feedback I've received on Twitter and social media and things, the fans don't like like the idea. So that's why I, I, I just do find it amazing that so many clubs voted for it. Yeah, indeed. Okay. Well, that's pretty much all we've got time for this week. Thanks, Chris, for joining me on the show. We'll be back again next week where we're hoping 
to be joined by Mike Sampson, who's a bit of an expert when it comes to yeah. Argyle youth, uh, and he's going to give us a load down on the youth structure and any young prospects coming through and those that have signed professional deals. So uh, hope you can join us for that one. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.